these individuals were dealing with debt, they were dealing with collections, you know, and all of the things that come with that. Hey, I'm Jen Ward, fractional CFO and founder of Assigned Financial Solutions. You're listening to Big Profits Small Business, where I help small business owners like you make big profits, pay themselves more, and build businesses that feed their lives instead of draining them. Today, I'm going to be answering all your money questions in plain English and show you that finances can be a comfortable topic, maybe even fun. Let's go. Welcome back to Big Profit Small Business. I am joined today with Christina Grove. She is a personal finance coach and consultant. She owns Prosperity Grove, where she helps people gain clarity around what truly matters and create healthy habits around their personal money. I love the personal side of money, so I'm excited to have her here today. Christina, welcome, and thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Now, you're a business owner, and we have connected prior to you opening Prosperity Grove. So I'd love to hear, and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear, what drove you to Prosperity Grove? What did that journey look like? Share as much as you would like. So I, uh, so I'll start with, you know, where I am now. So founder and owner of Prosperity Grove, um, financial coaching and consulting. And I launched in April of 2021. And I chose April because it's financial literacy month. So I wanted that to be part of the celebration every year, uh, you know, looking at the journey of where Prosperity Grove has gone. So coming up on three years anniversary with Prosperity Grove. However, I've been in financial services my entire career. I started with a mortgage company at 16. I was auditing uh, mortgage files. I quickly transitioned into several roles over the years from debt management or asset recovery. So, you know, I did delinquency reporting for one bank. I did asset recovery for Chapter 7 bankruptcies and estate claims. And then I moved into banking where I was, you know, helping with personal loans, auto loans, credit cards, checking accounts, things like that. And then I transitioned into investment advising. I had a transition period after investment advising where I had to decide, you know, what I wanted to do next. And so this was actually during COVID. We weren't out of COVID. So at the time that I was experiencing this transition, the kids were not back in school. So I was working from home. The kids were not back in school. It's like, okay, what next? Right. So I actually paid the mortgage for the year and I said, I'm taking the year off. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a blessing to be able to do that and to be able to really be home with the kids and focus on them um, and the transition back to school. So this is when I decided, you know, I really sat with, you know, the, my career and where it had gone and what do I want to do? What do I, what do I want to be when I grow up? (laughs) Um, (laughs) What do I want to do from here? Yeah. So as I thought about it, I I kind of came to this place where I realized over the years, I had worked with so many clients and there was all, they were always going through this transition period in their financial world, right? So if we go back to asset recovery, right? These individuals were dealing with debt. They were dealing with collections, you know, and all of the things that come with that, the stressors, right? I mean, yes. so... 
then when it comes into banking, right? So if you take those same debt clients, right, that are coming into the bank with, you know, $20,000 worth of credit card debt, and they want to, you know, take out a personal loan to consolidate in order to have lower interest, lower payments, right, make their cash flow system better. A lot of the times, unfortunately, because their credit utilization was so high, they were automatically declined, declined. for a personal loan, right? So yes. it was a really hard situation for these clients. It was a really hard situation for me because I wanted to help them, right? <laughs> Not only with this loan, but I wanted to know, like, why are you in debt? What happened? Yes, like, the why question. Life... Yeah, yes. what what did life present to you, right, that puts you in a position to make a decision to use a credit card? Or what else is going on in your life or up to this point that you don't have a savings account, right? Oh, um, yes. So I really wanted to go deeper with my clients. Mm -hmm. I wanted to understand more how they got to where they were than this product solution. I wanted to be able to help them with actual transformation. So how did you get here to where you are now? And what strategies do we put in place to prevent you from coming here again? Yes, right. Be preventative with some things. How do you give them the education? Because I feel like when I talk to clients too, because obviously the business finance world, it's mainly education that they're lacking. I've I feel, and then accountability, right? We can, and we can go into that all day long, the accountability yeah. portion, <laughs> but really thinking like, oh, I didn't have to maybe do that. Or if I am educated on how to manage things so that I'm not using all of my money and can create that savings account. Yes. I, I love that. So you were like, what do I want to be when I grow up? I want to be somebody yeah. who helps people understand the why and educate. Okay. That's great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wanted to basically hold their hand through transformation to that life that they desire and want for themselves. And so that is where I landed in financial coaching. And I will tell you that I love it so much. It is so authentic and true to who I am and who I want to serve and how I want to serve. And I, I just, I won't go back. And I'm so creative, right? I, I'm a crafter. I've been a crafter since I was, uh, you know, a very young child. I didn't have TV growing up, right? So being able to like create things now that help my clients and my community from a financial standpoint. So there are so many things, so many amazing things on the horizon. And I just cannot wait to witness the transformation of, you know, the people that are coming. I love it because I think as people who like money and working with money, we're never viewed, we're very rarely viewed as creative people. That's as true. I sit here and like talk on a podcast with somebody, we're not viewed as creative people. We usually are like very logical and uh, detail oriented, which I think you can be that and creative. Yeah. Yeah. So I won't lie. I am a self-proclaimed nerd and I love numbers. I love the analytical side of things, but I'm also a creative. So I get to do both and yes. uh, it's amazing. Right. Well, and I think on some realms, as creative as we are, we're educators too, where it's getting that teaching how to do it is an art in itself. And that's the creative yeah. part. Like what, how are we reaching our clients so that transformation can actually happen? So yeah. I love it. 
Okay. So you have big plans for prosperity growth. I know you have a Facebook group. You want to do lots of amazing things with it. I'm excited to see where it goes for sure. And thank you. Yeah. Since you mentioned, since you mentioned the Facebook group, I'll touch on that just for a second. Um, So this is something that has, I, I created a while ago, as all entrepreneurs and business owners know, you know, wearing all of the hats, especially when you don't have a team. I mean, it's, it's still hard when you have a team, but still when you're a one man or a one woman shop, right. And you're wearing all of the hats, it's, challenging to juggle it all, right? So I created this group a while ago, but other activities were of higher priority, right? Income producing activities. Yes. And so it kind of sat for a while. So it's been evolving, but more recently it's it's a community called Managing Money on Your Own. Okay. Money tips, ideas, and resources. And it is a community where individuals can come in and they can ask questions, they can share ideas, they can talk about things that they've experienced or struggles that they're going through. And so there's really two main parts to this group, or I should say the the purpose of the group, right? So one is, one of my missions is to open up the conversation around money. Money is a taboo topic for a lot of people. A lot of people feel an immense amount of shame about the decisions that they've made or the upbringing that they experienced, right? And so part of my mission, again, is to open up the conversation around money, allow people who are ready to be vulnerable, talk about their situations so that it can allow other people who really aren't ready to talk about it, to kind of start to feel like it's a safe space and it's okay, right? And um, in order to make change in their lives. The second part of the group, my purpose is to bring all of the financial partner experts into the group, right? So that the community has a list of resources right there. So inside the group, we have fractional CFO, we have CPAs, we have estate planning attorneys, we have financial advisors, we have CFPs, you know, financial coaches, right? So, you know, we've got mortgage lenders, real estate agents. So we've got all of the individuals or professionals that, you know, a a person would want on their financial team is here inside this group. So the questions that they ask are one for the rest of the community, right? But it's also for the experts in the group so that they can get the resources that they need. I'm I'm really excited about the group. Um, you know, really excited about it growing and again all of the amazing things that are coming for the community. Yes. And we're going to is it okay if we leave a link to join the Facebook group and the show notes? Absolutely. Okay, yes. great. So if you're listening and you're thinking, I'm not ready to share, but I want to be a part of this group, or maybe you are ready to share, then you can join um, with the link and Christina will be there to guide you through that process on the other end. I'm there too, but One day I'll get active on that Facebook. I promise one day I will. I promise. (laughs) If you're listening in real time, it's December of 2023. If you're listening any other time, I couldn't tell you when it is. But one of the things that we deal with in personal finance around this time is, is spending for holiday gifts. So what kind of tips do you have around that? Or uh, even the aftermath, what can you share with us in all of your wisdom, Christina? Yeah. So I think that you have two kinds of people. You have uh, the kind of people who plan for events, holidays that are coming up, right? And then you have people who do not plan. So for the people who do not plan, 
they are fitting in their Christmas shopping last minute. They're doing it on Black Friday when there's sales. I think we all know that sometimes those Black Friday sales aren't really sales. They just marketed as sales. And they're they're fitting in their spending at the last minute and oftentimes not really being conscious of their spending, how much they're spending on each person, how much they're spending all together on their family of four kids, you know, their in-laws, you know, their co-workers, you know. Well, and, and can I just say, like, yeah. if you have even one child, it's not just, right, because then you're the teachers, it's the bus drivers, it's the <laughs> holiday shops, and the all of, it's like you don't even notice where that strand of money like goes. I would even say specifically, I know a lot of business owners because that's, you know, that's mainly who we're talking to with the variable income. It's like we want to plan, but it's hard to just plan our normal everyday expenses. So how are we adding in a whole wonderful holiday filled around a tree full of gifts? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I think that there are, you know, there's a couple things that you can do. So if you find yourself as a non-planner for the holiday season, right? We're kind of there right now. So a lot of you are shopping, or I should say by the time this is released, uh, Christmas will be a couple days away. So you've already done most of your shopping, unless you're really, truly last minute. So if if you're feeling uncomfortable about any aspect of the amount of money you spent around any of the spending that you've done for the holiday, Right. I encourage you to really take some time alone and think about what are your values around the holiday season. I can guarantee you that when your children or your coworkers or your in-laws are looking back five years from now, the majority of them are not going to think hard about all of the gifts you bought. Unless, of course, it's something very, very specific to that person, right? right? But how? what percentage of our shopping is just to fill the stocking and to fill the space under the tree versus like every single gift being completely intentional? Mm-hmm. So think about your values. What does the holiday season mean to you? So again, for your family that are, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, you know, your children, let's say your five-year-old, 25 years from now when they're 30 and they have their own child to buy Christmas presents for, they're most of the time not going to think back to the gifts you gave them, but they're going to think back to the time that you spent together. They're going to think about the traditions that you instilled around this time and around unity and around family. So think about that, right? What do you want your legacy to be? And once you determine what that is, then allow yourself to align your following year holiday season shopping and planning around what the values are that are true to you. I love that. Because right there, you're not saying don't spend money, but maybe you're just reallocating where the money is spent. And you're also saying, can we please just plan it a little bit, you know, before December, right? Like if you've thought about it at the end of this year, you now know probably what next year might look like. Maybe you ask your family. I think bringing them in sometimes has has helped me because I think the things that kids love the most aren't I found that is not always the case, right? They're like, I don't need a lot of gifts, but I'd rather go ski or I'd rather go look at Christmas lights. So I I definitely understand that. And if you send Christmas cards, how many people chuck those? I'm sorry. 
I I agree with you. I <laughs> that's mean, one of my I stopped sending them years ago. Yes, and that's one of my bigger things. I'm like, I love you, family. I love you, people. But if it's going to be a card, it might just be a handwritten card that's like a couple of cents to mail instead of like these beautifully printed. Most likely, you had to pay for a photo shoot fake thing. So anyway, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that that's great tips. Align it with your value and then plan for it. And yeah. hopefully there won't be like this terrible regret feeling January 1st because that's usually will, what happens. It is. It is. You know, Christmas is over. The kids have ripped open the presents in five minutes and you're walking around the living room with the trash bag, filling it with paper. And you're like, man, that, that went bad. Like I spent hours and hundreds, or depending on some families, thousands of dollars on these Christmas presents. And it was over in five minutes. Like, five minutes. And then you're left with, okay, because I didn't plan, I had to swipe. And now I have 500, 1,000, 1,500, $2,000 worth of credit card debt for these presents that I now have to pay off with my variable income, mm-hmm. right, over the next several months. Again, you know, thinking about what your values are, if you align your spending with your values, the next holiday season, you're not going to feel the overwhelm of the debt because either one, you decided on a budget. And let's say for a family of four and a spouse and some in-laws, let's say that you say, okay, $1,000 for the family. I'm not going to buy for my coworkers. I'm not going to buy for my neighbor, right? I'll bake them some cookies maybe. So you either set yourself a budget, divide it by you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, however much time you want to give, however many months you want to give yourself to prepare for spending, right? So by the time the holiday season comes, you've saved your budget amount. So you're not using credit cards. You explained it perfectly. Like you align it to what you really believe and then plan. I mean, it's truly that. And it is, it's not easy, especially as you were talking about when those people would come in and they're like trying to consolidate their debt, but then it's like, there's no wiggle room in my budget to be able to save for things. That's when you go to someone like you and you say, listen, I need some eyes on my personal money. I need some guidance and I need some accountability to hold me to whatever this plan is that I create. So yeah, I think that's perfect. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you know, the day after Christmas, uh, you're like, I don't know what to do. Hopefully you take that time alone. But I mean, Christina, how can people find you to work with you? I think honestly, the best place to uh, reach out would be through my website, which is prosperitygrove.net. From the website, you can either, you can look at the services I offer, you can book a call with me. If you want to join the private community, um, you can find the link there. There are also some free resources as well for those who are really just getting started on their journey. So yes, so prosperitygrove.net would be the starting place. I love it. Okay, I've got two rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Okay, yeah. All right. First one is, what is your favorite coffee shop order? Oh my gosh. You're going to laugh at me. I am a Folgers woman. Is that a thing? I buy Folgers from the store. I do not buy fancy coffees out. Okay. So when I do treat myself, let me back up. As a treat, I will get a caramel latte from Panera Bread with extra caramel. 
That's yeah. perfect. With ec- Oh, you go with the extra. I love it. I do. I do. Okay. <laughs> and that's a treat, right? I mean, it's not an everyday. That's, this is like truly, right. if you're like, I have had probably three people tell me they don't even drink coffee or tea. So I'm like, well, then what's your favorite drink? drink? (laughs) What's your favorite drink? Yeah. I got a free Dunkin' today. Um, Not that you guys can see this as you listen, but on my app, I got, it was a free hot. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go get a free coffee because I am, I am a frugal person. (laughs) Okay. Next question is what has your business taught you about yourself? Oh, Yeah. Being in the position of a coach is a very interesting position. And it's something that I am continuing to critique and improve on because I am analytical and I have a lot of experience and I want to help people. I have a lot of strategies and solutions to offer. But as a coach, my responsibility is to ask you questions and give you the space to come up with those solutions if that's what you want to do. And so learning more about the coach role and the craft and improving myself as a coach has also improved myself as a mother, as a parent, and how I have conversations with my children and how I ask them questions. Mm-hmm. And giving them, you know, the time to think through and answer. And so I would say that that's, that's probably the biggest change that my business has taught me on a personal level is how to, you know, ask the right questions, how to give the space for the other individual to have time to think through and resonate with whatever the topic is. Oh, my goodness. I love that. It's made you more of like a reflective slash like you don't have to fix the world type and like to build other people's independence. Yeah. I, I, I honestly understand that because I used to be like, there's no wrong question and I don't think there's a wrong question, but I think there's a better way to form the question. Correct. Yes. That's a great one. And especially when our businesses can impact our families and our kids. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for being here, Christina. I appreciate this chat. I know our listeners will. I will leave your Facebook group in the show notes, and I hope that you have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you. You've been listening to Big Profit Small Business with me, Jen Ward. Thank you for allowing me to spend a few moments in your ear. If I can ask you a favor right now, will you share this podcast with a business friend? The truth is every business struggles with finances and we want to help. And hey, if you're feeling the love, will you subscribe and leave a review? We'd love to hear from you. Want AFS to manage your business finances? Connect with us at Assign Financial Solutions and hit the contact button. And please remember, profitable dreams are possible.